Hallelujah. Yeah, so this morning we have um, some beautiful, wonderful people in our midst. Praise God. Um, our, our guest speaker today, um, the first speaker for today will be, I mentioned his name. Let me just tell you a few things about him. He, he was the pioneer youth pastor of the Redemption Church of God, Acme, Dominion Parish. He was a pioneer youth pastor. And um, it was also the first set of provincial youth pastors. Provincial youth pastors in the Redemption of God before he was moved to South Africa for a bigger responsibility, church planting, where he was also involved in community service, um, impact, you know, um, in the community. They did a lot of things, actually, where he has also established some businesses. Praise God. And now, it has also pleased God to move him and his family back to Nigeria, where they have also continued the work. Praise God. So, he's, he's, he's young at heart, though he's a senior colleague, but he's young at heart. And this morning, will be tapping from his pool of experience. So, I'm talking about no other person than Pastor Lake Johnson. Please put your hands together. Welcome, sir. Praise God. Then we also have somebody in our midst. He was at one time um, in the Lagos State Youth Parliament. He was a representative. And um, right now, he's also serving in a higher capacity in the government. I wouldn't say more than that because he wouldn't like to be... <laughs> Praise God. I'm sure many of you know him. So this morning, um, also... Um, to join Pastor Lake, we'll have Honorable Femi Ojo in our midst this morning. Please put your hands together as we welcome him. And please put your hands together as I hand over to the anchor for this morning. Hallelujah. Please, can we have some, some mics for them? Please, let's help with some mics for them. Praise God. I welcome you, sirs, to the service today. Thank you for honoring our invitation. May the Lord bless you in Jesus' name. So our topic for today, who knows our topic for today? Someone said Jesus is Lord. <laughs> okay. Taking responsibility, leadership, and living. Leadership and living. So we are youth here. Um, I want to believe that everybody here is a youth, no matter your age, no matter how many children you have, no matter how many cars you have, no matter what, we are all youth here. And I believe that there are questions that we have concerning leadership or in or living with respect to taking responsibility. So please, let's jot down our questions. Or if you are bold enough, when you're asked for questions, you can just raise your hands and then we'll ask any of our anchors for today. Praise God. Okay, Sarah, I want to first start by asking, why is it important to talk to the youth about taking responsibility? Why is it important? to talk to the youth about taking responsibility. Sir. Thank you so much, Pastor. God bless you. Then, um, where's your wife? All right, great. Good to know you now. Praise God, because I was, I was asking him during the week that Last week, I didn't see your wife. Where is she? All right, great. You're doing a great job there. The Lord bless you. 
your wife and the ministers and every other person. Uh, thank you so much um, for this opportunity. Um, why do we need to talk to the youth about responsibility? Um, um, I think in this age and time, if you look around us, I mean, particularly uh, the youths of today, they're getting so much into that area of irresponsibility more than ever before. Now, you know, and it's, it's so crucial, it's so important that we look into that topic. But because responsibility is fast, you know, um, you know leaving the, the, the sense of the mentality of the practice of the youth of nowadays. I remember that when um, uh, people who are about 70 years of age right now, a lot of them were, you know, having children, even while they were in school. I mean, I mean they, they were married. They were responsible people. I mean, you, those who didn't go to school were also taking care of their parents, you know, going to the farm and doing things. But nowadays, see youths don't want to do anything. They want to be responsible for anything, but they want to enjoy everything. Sir, would you have anything to add to, do you have anything to add to what he said? Um, um, praise the Lord. This is set up actually, so, um, but good morning, everybody. Um, <laughs> I'm a young person too, basically, but um, this topic, when pastor told me about it, it's, it was so dear into my heart, and I feel this is the best time, this is the best route. If you look at what's happening in Nigeria as a case study, Generally, we hear news every day regards to what our youths are involved in. And more and more, it takes the youth far away from taking power. Because um, the, the old people you call the old cargoes will tell you, she be our youth in on here. You know, we, we hear news when you're very close to them. They don't want to entrust. I'm using this country as a case study because of my own perspective. He's a pastor, I'm not a pastor, so I just want to look at um, direct um, experiment or examples that we see per day. And you see, everybody wants to ride bands, right? But, you know, a lot of youths, everybody wants to ride bands. But it's so important to change that narrative in church. It's very important to change the perspective of young persons regards to, you know, um, how you can actually redirection yourself and take responsibility. That's just it for me. Can we put our hands together for him? Okay, sir, so before you drop the mic, I believe you've made some notes and some things you'd like to say to us um, before we start um, asking questions. So please go ahead, sir. Okay, so for, for taking responsibility in regards to it, you know, most importantly, you know, most of us as young persons, okay, for instance, in my family, I'm the last born. And, um, the only guy, and you know, when you when you grow up in the midst of ladies, you understand I'm feminine. <laughs> so, however, I, I I lost my father when I was in SS1. I lost my dad when I was in SS1. So, so a, a quick story about taking responsibility. Actually, so I lost my dad when I was in SS1. Yes, we are cool. The money was not the problem, right? But, you know, it's not about money sometimes. You know, you're the only guy. That's the guy you talk to. You know, you watch football together. He's actually an accountant. So and my mom was working with the governor of your state then. She never had time. You know, so when, when we lost, when I lost my father, the, my father's family, we had issues with them, right? 
So I was in the hostel. So I needed to stay with my mom's best friend, you know, because they have people of my age range so we can actually connect together. I'm just trying to tell you how intentional it was and how crazy it was growing up too, you know. And my, my sis, she's a surgeon. She doesn't even have time. That was all. So I, I started growing, you know, the psychology of the effect of my father's death and I started growing up, started growing up. I, I, I got into the university that was a popular university and um, we have, my colleagues were friends from these top guys in the country. Most of them were cultists. It's not these local cultists that you do, big boys cultists. So they were cultists and all of that, you know. But what I'm saying in essence is at that point, I decided my life. At that point, I decided to know where to go to. I made decisions for myself. And anytime I talk to young people, I'm always proud to say I make decisions for myself. The only thing my mom would do is probably you call her, you need 500,000. She say, no, I'm giving you 400,000. That's all, right? And she doesn't want, even want to know that this is what you told her you want to do it and this is what you are using the money for, you know. And, you know, most of us, looking at the problem we really have in taking responsibility is parental problem in this part of the world. The problem of Nigeria today is parental because even our parents are not like before. The way our parents have grown us to this moment, 21st century parents are not okay. like that. Okay. They don't want to know where their kids sees money. They don't want to know where, you know, uh, what's happening in school. They don't want to know that everybody just wants um, their, their, their walls to be fine and all of that. So for me, taking responsibility is about being intentional about um, everything you have, what you want to become personally. It's not about redirecting yourself regards to um, leveraging on your uncles, your sisters, your parents. The truth is, is even in the Bible, we, we, we have to dominate, right? And everybody, apart from the fact that your parents give birth to you, you, you are answerable to yourself. So for me, it's just about you knowing your strengths as a young person. It's not going to be easy. So let, don't let me be like a motivational speaker that tells you, do X, Y, Z, right? It's not going to be easy. It's not a child's play. Sometimes you need to cry. You cry in your closet. Sometimes it's not going to work the way you plan it and all of that. So I don't want to... I don't want to call me and tell you uh, you want to be a governor tomorrow and you rise up to it. It's going to, it's going to just be a walkway and you become a governor. No. Sincerely, no. Sometimes you're almost there. You are not reaching the place. It's becoming further. So it's just about keep going. Just keep going. The keep going I'm saying, I'm not saying this to motivate you. The keep going means you cry. You'll be disappointed in your friends. You'll be disappointed in your mentors. You know, that's just it. I, I don't really want to talk much. Probably questions will be better, right? Okay, okay. Yeah. Thank you very much, sir. Okay. Over to you, sir. Please. Let's put our hands together for them, please. Praise the Lord. Yeah, I like those experiences. Uh, you know, there's no better way to learn responsibility than, you know, what you went through. You, go, you, you get thrown into life or into the deep sea, and you need to just swim out. You need to find your way out. There's no map. You just need to get out. You know, in the sea, when people are swimming, there's no map. You don't know where the land is. You just have to figure it out. And um, 
you know, we have many youths who have parents with them, both parents, they have uncles, they have supporters, they wear, but they seem, they still do not want to follow the maths they have around them. Their parents are doctors, surgeons, and all that. These are maths. These are road maps, but they don't just want to follow those maps. And, you know, um, I, 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 this is not part of what I um, thought about talking about. You know, just taking it from what he said, he said, you know, in the past maybe seven weeks now, and um, I've been like, this was not the environment that we had, you know, long time ago. Our children are 16, and they're 16 this year. One is 16, the other one is 12 this year. And uh, I said to myself, would I want to allow them to have friends around? Uh, because you see on the news um, where 16, I mean, teenagers killing the girlfriend for money. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's so painful because people just want to um, um, associate success with money. And it's, uh, you know, um, the church is also to be blamed to a large extent. We don't give people who are anointed the seat. We give people who are loaded the seats. And that is what is happening in the politics out there. And I said, fix the church. Nigeria will be fixed. You know, a lot of this bad politics happening in the church, no denomination is exempted. I've, I've, I've been to other churches before I came to Redeem. I've been to Redeem for such a long time. And no denomination is exempted. We need to fix the church so that the children, the youth, Nigeria will be fixed. I saw a video which is very appalling, a live video somebody streaming. He said, he said it was in Oweri. He saw teenagers you know, at the middle of the road, they were doing major, you know what I mean? Major in a, you know, what you give to children to do major. And uh, in afternoon, and these guys were eating bread while they were doing the major. And when they finished, they used the bread to wipe and they ate it. You know, I was like, and people were videoing them. It was all about money. You know, you see people do terrible things, you know, on, on, on becoming. I mean, these things, it's just simply put, people have, you know, neglected the value of responsibility. Yesterday, there was someone we were waiting for at the house. He said 12 o'clock. I'm waiting for this man up until past about 3.30. I said, why do people not have value for what you say? They called this man before me about 3.30. I said, mumbo, mumbo, mumbo. So about 3.30. You know, and I had to rush back home, and I got home 10 minutes to 12 because of this man. You know, and I said to myself, what if I had if I had fixed another appointment for 1 o'clock or 1.30, I need to be somewhere in Lagos. I mean, people have lost the sense of value. And responsibility is one, of the, is one of the values that we need to pick up again. Listen to this. Now, because we're in church, let me just say this. First, um, first Samuel 17, David, a man, you know, it was, it, was, it was a young man of about the age of a couple of people here. And he solved a national problem. I mean, he solved a global problem. There was something that was threatening the, the, the nation where he was. It, it might be in a foreign, it might be in a, in a foreign country, but he stood up. What did he do? He took responsibility and solved that problem. First, uh, first Samuel 17, from verse 22. And, and listen to this. I want to say this from uh, David's story. Being dutiful is different from being responsible. Now, we, we mistake these things. You know, when they give you an appointment, say your duties are, you know, you, know you, you do database, you do this, these are duties. Listen, 
everywhere I've walked, I've gone beyond my duties to become responsible. Listen, servants are dutiful, but sons are responsible. You see people from where we're staying, you know, I, I, I was in a country where people get paid to do nothing. Now, I, I went to someone, I said, do you have this? And the person says, oh, um, we don't have it. I don't think so. I went to the next, uh, in the same shop, they got it. The lady feels that because they are paying me to, start, um, to, to manage this aisle, I care less about what's happening there. I went to, the, to another shop. I said, this thing is too expensive. The lady, that was a spa shop. And the lady said to me, you know what, go to the, 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 other, the other shop. It's cheaper there. I looked at myself. And boy, you are being paid here. People are just irresponsible and wicked. And look at David. David wasn't wicked. A lot of us, we pass by things happening. It's not my job. It's not my duty. We pass by. But David was supposed to go and give somebody food. And that, that was the duty he was given. But he went be beyond being dutiful. Listen here, brethren. If you want to be responsible, go beyond the duties. Your boss will give you duties. If you remain at that level, you may never become a shareholder of that company. You may not go beyond that level. They may, they may in fact sack you. If you want to become the MD, go beyond your duty. Take responsibility. Duties are given. Responsibilities are taken. Are you here this, this morning? Nobody will ever give you responsibility. They will, you take responsibility. Jesus said, um, John 9, 5. Is it 5 or 9? 5, 9. John 9, 5. He said, as long as I'm in this world, I am the light. He took that responsibility. What have you said to yourself in this poor, in the post church? In, in, in Israel Assembly, in Ajidingbi, in all of Lagos, what have we said to yourself? As long as I'm in Lagos, I'm going to solve this problem. Responsibility is about identifying challenges and taking up the challenges. I'm going to solve this. If I don't solve it, I will not sleep. That is responsibility. I don't want to go into definitions. It's about, you know, developing your, your capacity, developing your ability, you know, taking up something. Let me say this to you. If you are responsible, you become creative. If you want to be creative, look for something. Identify a challenge. In this church, in um, Israel Assembly, and say, look, I want to solve this problem. And you see yourself being creative because you have taken upon yourself to solve that challenge. Listen, and that was why David took five stones. He had no grenade because he made up his mind. When you make up your mind, you see yourself being creative. And let me say, just before I hand over, not every leader is responsible. But every responsible person becomes a leader eventually. So for me, I want to cite an example to what you just said. You know, I, I, st I, I served in Lagos State Environmental Protection Agency, LACEPA. I know um, that's where I serve, sir. And, um, you know, I, I, I became a PA to the Permanent Secretary Ministry of Youth immediately after my service. Then um, some months afterwards, I, I got a job on like gas consulting. So that's why I finally started my career. So I know always everybody's always saying I'm very young and uh, my career is always overwhelming sometimes, but I thank God for that, really. But this story I want to say is when you talked about value and be relevant. So when I, you know, I'm in just entry, graduation entry, you know, into the oil and gas sector, you know, it's not like 8 to 4, it's 7.30 in the oil and gas sector, it's 7.30 a.m. to 4.30, you know, you know, basically. And we, 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 we consult for the likes of Total, ExxonMobil, and all of that. So I, I feel like the HR used to bully me, you know. I sent an email, you know, the body, the body language of that email. I said, okay. So I got to Monday. I was now thinking, what can I do to be relevant in this organization? Then I was like, I called my guys in Lasefa. See, you come and close down our company now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's 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 interesting, but you know, I said, see, you come and close down our company. I called the pollution um, um, pollution units that we have a big gen. 
and you know, we used to run the gen and it's polluting the environment. So I want to be relevant because I, I can't keep continue sending emails and somebody's, you know, to my face. It's like, I don't like it. So I called the guys, they said, they, then they said, no problem. When do you want us to come? They came in. They did as if they don't know me. They closed us down for 48 hours. I said, you just do 48 hours. You know it's money. So I, so I can collect my salary, you know. So the, the CEO then was in UK. She came down. It's a one popular family known in Lagos. So she came down, forgotten and the son him down. She came down, you know, doing the problem. Everybody that was doing or that, nobody could solve the problem. I said, nice. And I know the problem. Me, it's just for me to call them and say, close us down. I told my guy, see, this is how much you collect, bro. But I will not collect money. I just want to give you the work. You know, the conversation. So the conversation now came to the table. Who can help us? Who has the network? The first day, we were working from home. I did not say anything. Second day, I did not say anything. Third day, I just, you know, in a group chat, like Microsoft Teams, I just said, okay, probably I have a network. Probably I can try. Then maybe the CEO with me and the HR, I want her to be there. So you follow me for that meeting. So we got to La Sefa, yeah, you know. Getting to La Sefa from the gateman where they were hailing me, everybody was hailing me. So the CEO was just looking at me like, ah, what's the problem, you know? How did they get to know this guy? I took them to the GM, I introduced my CEO to the GM, tell me what's up, what, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, I solved that problem. Since that day, anytime the CEO sent me an email before, dear Femi, I be, uh, hello Femi, you know. But now, hello Mr. Femi, what do you think? No, so. From from there, from there, I I I I got a promotion less than six months because of that, you know. And and I feel like anytime I talk somewhere or anywhere, I tell you there's always a problem somewhere. And if there's no problem, create that problem and solve the problem. It makes you relevant. That was a very good one. Can we put our hands together for for the both? Hallelujah. Okay, for the both of them, let's put our hands together once more. Okay, so, hello, Mr. Femi. You said that, um, <laughs> you, said that um, you got uncomfortable, and that is the reason why you decided to take responsibility for your life. So what kept you going? You said that there, are lots of, there are lots of times that you cry. Maybe sometimes you have sleepless nights. You know, sometimes it could get very discouraging. So if you could just cut small soap for us and just tell us how... Like, what made you to keep going? What, what was the encouragement? What were you looking at? You know, the scripture says we should ignore the suffering. We should look at the cross. No, we should ignore the cross. Look at the crown. Yes, ignore the suffering. Look at, look at the glory ahead. So is that, is that what kept you going? Or just tell us what... what okay, okay, thank you very much for that question. Like uh, Pastor said, the church actually helped me. So uh, my parents' church is a very competitive church where everybody's kids want to be the best. So it's just like, you know, your dad wants to tell his friends that, ah, Femi is now in UK, he's studying something, he's doing stuff. And your, your own, you know, when you tell pastor that, pastor too wants to be comfortable to tell you that, ah, my daughter is now in US to doing stuff, you know. That's the kind of church I grew up from. So uh, nevertheless, even in school, from primary school, you have to be forced in your school because you know that daddy's friend's daughter be forced, <laughs> you know, different school, really. So, you know, it's very, very competitive that it kept me going like that. Um, uh, at that point, I have a brother in my church. He's a, he's a family friend. He works in Procter & Gabo. 
know, he was the head of um, um, procurement in Africa then, so he was very close to me. So I look at him that for him to be the head of procurement, in his family, he was the least person they, they feel he will make it. They have PhD holders. They have master's degree holders. He's the one feeding them. I'm not. I'm just trying to chart an example. At that at that point, he was the one. So he was very close to me. Like we do stuff. I see transactions he does. I see a lot of things. He gets me exposed to a lot of things, and I feel like, come on, it doesn't have to work. If he can be this, I can. I can actually do better. And it, it keeps me going. Like, like I said, it's not just like a child's play, man. It's not a child's play because if you really want to get there. There's a result over time. There's how you have to be intentional about it. You just have to keep going. Even that's why you cry. And for me, how I, I manage my challenges or failure when it comes is, let's say something happened today. I'm not happy about it. I cry. If I need to cry, cry. I cry. The next day, I'm, 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 I've started a new thing. I don't want to think about it again. You know, I keep moving. That's it for me. Yeah. Okay, praise the Lord. Let's put hands together for him. So, um, from what I understand, you have to be hungry enough, right? You have to be, but are we too cold? Or is it, are they giving us bones to chew? Is it too much for us? It's not too much for us. So, you have to be hungry enough for you to want success. I also heard about the story of a successful man as well. He said he was desperate. He was very, very desperate. And that leads me to a question that I want to ask Pastor Johnson. There are some people that believe uh, I'm just okay with the way I am. Uh, I don't think God called me. There was actually somebody in this church. I had an argument with this lady. And I was like, you are called to do more. Everybody, she's like, eh, what, eh, what was Mary's, what was Mary's um, um, uh, vision or plan or usefulness in the Bible? It was only to bring, bring up Jesus Christ, only to give birth to Jesus Christ. That sometimes, some people's goals in life is just to have children and raise them up. I was like, God has deposited so much more inside of you. So why are you just comfortable with being a mediocre? Why are you just comfortable with that? So sir, there are some people who are just, let me just have enough food for my family to eat. Let me just see what I used to buy uh, food or pay my house rent. Buy for my one car, or for, but there's some other people that are very hungry for success. Some people want to have islands in the Bahamas. Are we here? Yes. Are we here? Yes. Some people want to own private jets. So, what advice? And I know that some of those other people are also in our midst. So, sir, what kind of what advice do you have to give them about taking responsibility for their lives? Because your your future is in your hands. We know we've heard that a lot of times. So, sir, what do you have to say to them? Yeah, there's nothing wrong in having dreams. But you need to also assess the dreams you have. And also, um, let me talk from this perspective. Um, there's a difference between you having a vision, you know, that are from God or dreams that are from God, and uh, from having ambitions. God will not back up ambitions. So I always try to come back to you know, the spiritual thing. God doesn't back up our ambitions. He backs up, you know, the visions he gives us. So when you have those dreams, are they in line with God's agenda for your life? Then you, know, you need to also ask, um, assess, what do I need to get there? You can't dream and get to the to own islands in the Bahamas. I mean, you need to wake up and start working. 
You know, dreams don't get achieved on the bed. Dreams get achieved on the tarmac where you're walking, doing something, taking steps, you know, overcoming, you know, nose and overcoming challenges. So um, whatever dream you have, just make up your mind that you need to walk, you know, uh, the walk to get to where you need to get to. And nobody will actually put those dreams on your lap. You need to go get them. You know, I tell people, like, life is not that um, fair. You know what I mean? You see some people working so hard, and they may not have as much to show. All right? But eventually, I tell people that they will also have something to show. I don't discourage hard work. They may not have made it now, but they as far as you're on the part of hard work, I mean, the right work in particular, doing the right things. They may not be doing the right things, you know, for where God is taking them to. Doing the right work will definitely take you there. Uh, hard work or right work does not, um, it's never obsolete. There's a friend who, uh, who is uh, outside the country. Uh, they had um, their children maybe six years ago, seven years ago, after being married for 12 years. They were Muslim, both Muslims. And they were mocked at. This man was always reading. Every year he goes to school, a diploma or another. I mean, he went, he, 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 he was a conductor. He was in the same university as I was, University of Illinois. And after university, he studied um, engineering. He did a conductor. I mean, no parent, I mean, nobody, I mean, nobody to support, to get good job and all that, but he kept on pushing. Now today, as at um, some years ago, um, he was appointed as director of um, um, IT for the whole of Africa for an American company. I mean, he kept on reading. That was his, he wanted to be something in IT, but he was reading and reading, picking up a diploma or picking up, you know, something every year, and they had haunted him. Whatever he want to get to, how do I get there? Look at the map and look at people who have been there. You are never the first to own, you know, a jet. You are never the first to want to become an MD or captain of industry. There are many who have been there who have done the right things. Look at them who are doing the right thing. Study them and do it. Listen, don't ever wait for someone to give you an office. I was working with someone in the church. He said, Pastor, I don't have an office. I was like, but... Um, you know what he was talking about? Wanted me to make him like maybe assistant pastor or something. I said, it's a new church here. We just started this church. Get to work. I'm doing the work of a driver. I'm doing everything. Get to work. He was waiting for you to be named assistant pastor. But listen, someone else came and took the position because the person was dutiful. All right? Do not wait until you become a governor. That's what I'm going to. Do not wait until you become a president. You don't need to go, you don't need to go and say, I want to become a president. You know what? Be responsible. Do something. Do something now. Like they did for David. David sought a problem and said, look, you are our next president. They said, Saul has 1,000 and David has 10,000. It was, it was a vote that was cast and they counted the vote. He had 10,000. That's my, my, that's my interpretation. And Saul had 1,000. So he replaced Saul in, in the Oval Office. You want, to, you want to get to that place of your dream? Get to work. That, that's very simple. Get to work. Get to work. Get to work every day. Do you have anything to add, sir? Okay, in regards to what Pastor just said, it's just very simple. Like he said, get to work, right? Um, like, let me cite a very good example. Election is coming in Nigeria. Yes, I tell you for free, people are cashing out already. They are cashing out not just because they are giving them free money. They are cashing out based on strategy, what's the next blueprint for this country. 
I can tell you for free. If you have a blueprint, come on. You can you can tell me. I can see how I can push it. Because that's that's how we, we can actually help ourselves. So a lot a lot of companies are asking for database of Nigerians already and all of that. So if you feel like you you feel like you can it's it's your business. It is not all blueprints that can be achievable. But the truth is is something has to be realistic. And he has said it's not necessary for you to be the president or for you to, to be the governor to be influential in this country. For instance, you are young persons. Let me cite this example, then I drop the mic, right? During the NSAS, everybody here was clamoring youth. You are clamoring NSAS, NSAS. Did you know that some of the young people that were leading you have cashed out and their life will never remain the same again during those period? But some of us are here that you do not even cash out a time. I can tell you, the lady that was from Lasso, she's in Canada now. The Canadian government have, have given opportunities and all of that. But some of us are not, we were not, we were just saying answers, but we're not relevant. We, we are not so relevant to the answers. It's a good thing that we're clamoring for answers. But the real people, they are so passionate and intentional. I've made it right. And that's how it is. You don't have to stay at the back. If you really want to face it, face it. Yes, it will be so difficult. For her, it was difficult. For so many people, it was difficult because the government feels you are against them, right? But at the end of the day, in our, in our rooms, in a chat room, they will say, ah, you know, it makes sense. You know, but they will not come out to tell you that. But they will know that ah, this person has value to offer, this lady has value to offer, and that's how it, will, it goes. Praise the Lord. I just have a question. How, how can we be responsible for... I know we've, we've been told a lot about being responsible for ourselves and whatever we want to become. Now, how can we be responsible for the people who govern us? How can we choose? Because that's, the, that's the, it's a political language that you can choose the people who govern you or lead you. Is it, is it really, really possible? Then if it's possible, how can we go about it even as Christians? Okay. Before you answer the question, please, there's a similar question to what Pastor, let me just read it out. Looking at past elections, there has been election violence and rigging. Can we realistically say that our votes can count? And what can we do to make sure our votes count? Thank you, sir. Is okay, um, thank you for that question. Uh, sincerely, Pastor, we can choose. And do you know, we are the reason why there's rigging. All of us seated here. How many of us have our PVC? Look at this, sir. No, no, it's, it's, a, it's not about processing, no. Now, now, let's say everybody now have their PVC. Let's say INEC tells us that 88 million Nigerians have registered and they have their PVC. I tell you for free, if the 88 million comes out, the result will be different. See, this is how rigging occurs. In a world, you have 300 people. Out of the 300, 200 are registered voters. And out of the 200, 80 goes out on that day to vote. There is 120 left. Bros, there's rigging now. They don't need your 120 now. That's how it works. But you, you are at home tweeting. They are fighting in Ikorodu. They are fighting in Ikeja. And somebody is somewhere strategizing that, okay, this 120 that was not here. Okay. They are lobby. You see, is baguette, they will lobby the 120 and say, we'll give you this how much. Just give us 100. And out of the 80, maybe 40 has gone for them already. That's 140. 
But if you, the 200 persons comes out, it will be difficult. Nobody will do that. They can't overshoot the numbers. Sorry, That's sir. very simple. Sorry, before you, can I cut it short slightly? We, we say people don't want to go out to vote. Why is it that there's always fights on the day of election? Don't you think it's a strategy to keep people away from voting so that they can do their rigging? Nobody wants to die. Uh, um, praise, praise the Lord. I, I don't stay in Agege, sir. You don't stay in Mushi. You don't stay in Agege. You don't stay in Island, Dabi. Most of us, you stay on the high, you stay on the high line like VI, cases like that, there will not be issues. But I, 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 I can't control that. That, that, that question hacks me. I, I can't control it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you said, you where I won't mention the tribe during the last election were well populated and they knew they were not going to vote for a particular party. I'm not mentioning party. They went there, scattered people. They were beating people literally who, were, who had already queued to vote. So you now tell me that if I were to be in that area, I will not carry my PVC when I have my wife and children and son and daughter at home. I have my son at home. I will not now. Nobody wants to die. So that's another reason. Like somebody said, it may be a strategy. You are, you are right, sir. We are all right, right? Everybody is right. It's a strategy. I agree. Everybody, we agree. But the real is, um, I'm not saying, please, I'm not saying when they fight, you should go out and vote or don't go out, please. <laughs> even, see, even me, I'm, I'm being sincere. This is church. We, we need to tell ourselves reality, right? And uh, please, okay? I'm, don't let us mention names or anything. But even me, I will not go out to vote if they are fighting where I want to vote. Let me now tell you for free. I've not voted before. Wait, wait. No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying no, no. It, see, there are reasons to all of these things. There are reasons to all of these things. I'm just being sincere with you. Like, I've not voted. I've not even been to polling booth. I don't know. Maybe I never even have my name. I've been, I've been sincere. Why I said this is, you know, we're talking about taking responsibility. We are talking about values. Pastor just mentioned values. It is not until you have PVC that you can be influential. That people can see you that you can solve Nigerians' problem or you can solve your community problem or your estate you stay. That is not until you have PVC. But most importantly, because of the difference we are trying to chart for 2023, everybody, our advice, I have gotten my PVC. For the first time, I want to go and vote. Let me see how it looks like. Because even if I don't vote now, they will sanction me. So I have to vote. All right? So let me see how it looks like. But because of this um, topic, I don't want us to digress and talk politics, right? Because of this topic, it is so important that we all vote. It's taking responsibility. Pushing. See, if you vote, you and your God knows that I voted. And your person did not enter. Maybe you wanted A, it did not come, and B came. But you know that you voted for A and B came. That's how it is. It's not just going to be a child's play. So, but where they are fighting, don't go out and vote, please. When they know that they will be rowdy, don't go out and vote. Because this is a state, at the moment, this is a system where you, when you die, you just die. That's just the truth. That's just the reality. So that's... Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, so, um, although I have, what I wanted to say was not, um, uh, was not in line, it's not in line with politics, but let me just chip this in, sorry. Now, Gave us one reason why um, rigging is rigging is happening. Like, okay, we have some people left, and they have those people. That's not the major reason. Though. Let me tell you one major reason. Uh, sorry, let me just say that in a few seconds. Number one, our country knows what to do to 
to be counted accurately. If we do e-voting, sir, they know it. Where you can even go, they will, not, they will give us paper or one plastic that is not chipped. Wait, I'm a 90 person. I know what I'm saying. If you carry chip now and they put it here and I do like the spam and you see it, one, I've gone. I can't come back. With my phone number, BVN. Wait, sorry, sir. My phone number, BVN, one like this. You, you, they cannot, you cannot come back. And as we see that, we cannot be looking at it like this. That this person somebody voted for. And, and that's how it is. Even if 1,000 people voted, you will see that it's 1,000. They can't handle that people. So our country, we know what to do, but they don't want to do it. Sorry, let me, let me, let me answer that. You know, let me say something. Let's, let's be realistic. So no, let's it's not political, but let's be realistic, right? <laughs> I, want us be, I want us to learn and be realistic. Very simple. Okay. Nigeria is today. To be realistic, we can't do e voting. You ask me why. Sir, we can do it because those people you, don't want to we, do it. We, we don't want we, to do it. You, you, wait, we ask me why. We have communities in Nigeria, they don't have access to. How many people do you feel because people are using Android phone, they know how to use? Ah, uh, a lot of, a lot, a millions, hundreds of millions of Nigerians do not know what ICE is even all about. Sir, I'm sorry, this fingerprint, there's no tooth. I mean, to IT, I know what I'm talking about. This fingerprint, there's no tooth. If you bring a dog here, God forbid, and you put the dog's fingerprint, and you say, come back and vote, and you put the dog's fingerprint again, it will count. The dog doesn't have to know anything about the IT. No, it's biometric. Once your fingerprint is, I'm saying that you can identify one person to one person, one thing. That's what I'm saying. So, voting for just come on. We are not this. This not. Miss Pastor, Pastor, see, there's so a lot of factors. This one is English, There's a lot of factors. You know, when it comes to the nation, right? Like I said, I need us to understand that. We need to be influential, not a lone politician. You could be a businessman. Let me tell you, for free, for free, next election, Dangote will give money for both PDP and the APC. Their businessman, you see, they control the nation. It is not politicians alone. So all of these things works, all right? We have, you, you have your interest. If a, a business mogul today, you have your own personal interest. They'll come to your house, you, you, you bargain. It's much more than you just sit. That's what I was trying to say. That is much more than you just sitting and speaking English. Like, like I said, 2023 people have started cashing out. What is your own influence? What do you want to do? Which network do you have to say, come to my house? They can come to your house. You have said that Praise the Lord. We'll have to round up because of time. We'll continue next week. We'll continue next week. So please write down your questions, please. Please write down your questions. We'll continue next week. Please.